it's, it's one of the big things um, that I always say, you know, like you need to talk to others and you need to talk to people that are different than you have different lifestyle, different experiences, mm. different thoughts, because if you don't get another perspective, you can't understand somebody else. Hello and welcome to Beyond Diagnosis, a podcast to raise your awareness, decisions and voice for alternative practices so you can take back control of your health. I'm Rita Michelle, your host, a mindset and empowerment coach and the founder of the Onus platform. Join me each week so you can create the health of your dreams. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Diagnosis. Once a month, we share a story from women who found the courage, resolve and personal power to back themselves and to find alternative answers for their health so they could move from adversity to inspiration. Today's guest is Teresa Carnegie has an amazing story that takes us along her healing journey and from several car accidents and 18 months of trauma to then have a huge life transition as a published author. Teresa, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on today. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Can you just tell us a little bit of when this all started for you? Mm-hmm. And how did it start? You're going to make me think about times. Uh, it was about 10 years ago. Uh, right. It was um, my dad passed away from cancer. And one week later, almost to the day, uh, I was in a car accident where I was sitting at a red light and a 90-year-old person didn't have the reflexes to hit the brake, so he drove right into me right. and then rebounded and hit me again a second time oh. and probably would have hit me a third time, but his car stuck into mine. So <laughs> I was like, yay, <laughs> it stopped. <laughs> so <laughs> that was uh, uh it physically impacted me um but for uh, myself um i've had concussions in the past and this was now basically getting two concussions at once because of its double impact and um that was it took me a long time to get over that concussion it took me i think it was three months or just over three months to get to a point where i could even go back to work part-time um, because I was, uh, I was struggling. Uh, the, I had migraines. I didn't just have headaches. So every did little you thing. you have whiplash? So did you experience like whiplash? I had, um, they don't really call it a whiplash here. Uh, so there was a lot of, uh, I did have injury at the, I think I, somebody explained it to me once as I have injuries at the top of my spine and the bottom of my spine. So my lower back oh. and my, my neck right. and, um, that also plays a part with concussions too, when you have um, absolutely yeah that kind of neck issue. Um, so yeah, it was a difficult time. Uh, I did little things like I couldn't go for a walk. It was too much for me. Uh, just going, I lived in an apartment building and just going, um, taking the elevator down and walking from the elevator to the front door, which was, I don't know, maybe 20 meters. Uh, I would start falling asleep because it was too much for me. Wow. So yeah, it was, um, I was hit really hard with that concussion and uh, it took a long time for me to get better. So what I would, I did 
to, um, because I couldn't go for a walk with, and, you know, make it home before falling asleep. Uh, I did little things like to, you know, I would clean out a drawer in my bathroom and, you know, that might, that took me days because just sorting things gave me a headache because I was trying to make decisions, um, you know, because the concussion, you know, uh, your brain controls everything. So yeah. it can just control your body's movements. It controls your decisions, your thoughts, uh, you know, like I said, the exercise, like everything. And um, so I started doing that. I ended up purging my entire home by, uh, you know, for my healing process of concussion. And, uh, but it kept me from sitting in a, I, I needed the darkness and I needed the quiet. So there wasn't much else to do, but just sit and stare at a wall, which is not possible and productive and drive, you know, it, it makes you go crazy. Yeah. Um, and that was the, actually, that was also a really hard part was before that car accident, I was working 40 plus hours a week. I was in two part-time classes uh, at um, like a, I don't know, a trade school call, college kind of thing. And so two evening classes and, and, you know, that's a lot in a week. And then I went to sit on a couch in the dark doing so nothing. you lost your job from this? I did not lose my job. No, uh, oh. my boss was really good about, about holding out for me. And um, after about four months of being off in total, I went back part-time. Mm -hmm. um, there was, uh, I started, and you don't go, I didn't go back as myself. I went back completely changed uh, because again, sounds were too much. Um, lights were too much. Um, by the time I had driven in a commute to get to the office, I was exhausted and I needed to meditate before I could even start work. And this was a job that was, you know, a lot of go, go, go kind of thing, phones ringing. And um, then I started having problems with coworker who, did not appreciate the fact that I left and came back and thought I was, you know, getting some kind of special treatment. And, um, you know, cause I could not do a lot of the same things I did before. Um, physically I could not lift things. I could not, um, my job was, um, a desk job, but I had to go into the warehouse to check things or grab things for a customer real quick or, you know, something like that. It was a very small business. And um, just going up and down the stairs was a lot for me. So I couldn't do that more than once or twice a day. And it was, there was just a lot, you know, like I, there was so much that I felt, and that's the hardest part too. You, you notice you change, you notice you're not the same. You notice you can't do the same as before. That's what I was trying to ask you. Like it is hard. You have, you're feeling all this on a physical level and you mm -hmm. can, see it in your environment the impact that it's having yeah but how did you feel like on an identity level like on your identity horrid yeah it's, like it was, was horrid. Going it was... your mind at the time as in your identity had changed from was probably a, a chatty vibrant person in the office who could just go and do things totally capable to now not talking, he's got headaches, he's tired, can't do the simplest thing. That would be, that would be hard on someone's, uh, well, not just an emotional state, but your whole identity as a person. Yes. That's the thing is we wrap our identity up 
into all these little things, right? Mm. And when you don't have those little things or when they change, you don't know who you are anymore. I honestly had no idea who I was anymore. I was like, there was a lot of crying um, and I never cried before. And there, I kept crying, you know, cause I would get exhausted or overwhelmed so easily. So there was that, but then there was the identity aspect of it. It's like, you know, like I said, I, I all of a sudden one day I'm in two night classes and working full time. The very next day I can't get off the couch or out of bed, you know? So it it's was a shock, isn't it? It's a shock. It, it didn't come, it didn't come slowly. It didn't progress. It was just the shock of what happened what can happen to you from one day to the next exactly it is it was it was you know like the week before with my dad dying like that was a big thing of you know how life can change so quick right Mm -hmm. i mean we knew he had he had cancer and he was you know slowly going downhill but it, it still is a hard thing to deal with and then you know like i said you know one week later and my whole life changed just Mm -hmm within minutes, my whole life changed. And I didn't know who I was. I was always busy. I always had a whole lot of things on the go. I always, and I had nothing. And, you know, I didn't know what to do with myself. Hence, I started purging and cleaning out things. And, but it would take forever. Like one cupboard in the kitchen would take me an entire week to do, you know, because it was just too much. And um, I could, I built up you know, but I still wasn't where I went back to work and I still wasn't where I was supposed to be. And I I felt bad, but I also felt like, why can't I do this? And then I, you know, then you start, I started guilting, shaming myself, but I was also getting that from the outside forces too, you know? So then you're, you're, you've got that and then they add on to it and it just keeps it even more. And then you don't know how you can come back from that because it's, you're getting through all of it, right? Not just your own Um, so you just keep pushing. I gotta get back to where I was. I gotta get back to where I was. And I kept pushing and pushing. And unfortunately, um, you know, my body wasn't ready to be pushed, I guess. And, you know, like little things happen, like, um, you know, spending a day at work, doing the commute, coming home, massive migraine can barely think you, I opened up the fridge and a 500 milliliter bottle of water fell down and landed on my foot and broke my foot. You know, like most people can get their foot out of the way in time. I just watched it happen. I just, I couldn't, I just couldn't. It's that reflex to get out of the way. I didn't have the reflexes, but I also was just dealing with that level of pain. Mm. It meant that I couldn't think of anything else. Like I couldn't think because that's a lot of pain. And, And I was also, you know, I had other physical injuries. So it wasn't just the migraines I was dealing with. It was also the physical injuries I was dealing with. I honestly, this is the funniest thing. Well, not so funny for me, but it's funny for other people. Um, it hurt to sit down. It's, it's like my bum hurt. <laughs> so not from the spine. It was actually just from being seated. On I your- think it's, re- well, I think it's related to the, whatever injuries I had, but yeah, it hurts to sit for me. Um, even now, um, because, um, so in the 18 months I, that you, you had mentioned, I had three car accidents and, you know, um, with those three car accidents, uh, by the second one, my doctor noticed I had anxiety. I didn't notice it because I had never had anxiety before. Mm. Um, and then, so that one happened, I think it was 11 months after the first accident. And then uh, about three months later, I had a third accident. 
And that one gave me panic attacks. And I had never had panic attacks before. I had no idea what was happening. Uh, luckily for me, and I, like you'll notice I like to use luckily and the good side of stuff because yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't get through things if you just keep thinking about how awful it is. Um, but luckily for me, I was in my doctor's office and I had one because by this point, um, it had been 14 months. I'd had three car accidents. I'd lost my father and I had a lot of, you know, that stuff happening at the job. Mm. And so I believed pe- everybody was trying to kill me. And it wasn't a conscious thought, but it was a, like it was in there. Subconsciously, I believed everybody was trying to kill me. So I was in a doctor's office and I guess there was just too many people. And I got a panic attack because I didn't know if I could trust these people. It felt unsafe situation. Uh, and my doctor, so I got put into the room and immediately put on an app and headphones. And I was just, you know, in breathing in, breathing out and just, focusing on that and the voice in my, you know, the app I was using, the voice telling me to breathe in, breathe out. And my doctor came in and she's like, oh, you're having a panic attack. And I was like, wait, what, what is that? What's going on? And, you know, so it, it brought a lot of things I had never even knew existed or had to deal with into my life. And, um, you know, shortly after that, uh, and, and a friend from childhood, uh, lifelong friend passed away from cancer oh. and then um like, uh, I think it was about you didn't they pardon it, it just kept coming for you oh it kept one coming. thing after another about two weeks after her passing away uh I got scabies and I didn't even know what that was because I didn't know it was a thing and I was in a, like a reputable clothing store and tried clothes on and got scabies so then I had to deal with that and by this point I was just like a mess. You know, I was so overwhelmed by life. I was so exhausted from struggling and fighting and trying to get back to where I was before. And I remember crying and my mom came to drop something off at my house, at my place. And she was like, I want to hug you, but I can't because <laughs> it's super contagious. Right. And I was like, it's fine. I'm fine. You know, <laughs> and it was just, it was a lot. And, um, Shortly after that, I had seen a pain specialist who said, you're just keep going attitude is hurting you. You're not getting, you're, you're, you're not, you're hindering yourself from getting better. You're not listening to your body. Oh, and amazing. That's yeah, amazing. I was very lucky. Actually said yeah. to you, you need to stop and listen to your body. Yeah. Because That's- he said, I have a really high pain tolerance and just kept going. And so I wasn't giving my body the chance to heal Mm. and um and then so there was that and some other stuff and I ended up just like leaving a job that I had been at for like 13 years I just I left I went on vacation and I never went back and it was it was hard and uh, there was a lot of crying there too and there was a lot of I have a mortgage to pay I have a car payment to pay what am I going to do how am I going to live and I remember my doctor was like you need to heal mentally, physically, and emotionally. You need to heal. Yeah. And so between that pain specialist and my doctor telling me that, um, it started me on a route of trying some alternative things that, I mean, it's not a... Can I, can I just I have, ask you a question yes, before you sure. go into trying the alternative, which we want to hear. We want to hear specifically 
who you saw, what you did, what worked, what didn't. But one of the things like sharing these stories is about finding that resolve, finding that courage, finding that inner power. So I want to ask, how did you, with all of this that was happening, all this adversity is happening to you all at the same time, so many things all at the same time, how did you find that inner courage to help yourself? How did, Where did that come from for you? Did Your mind was with migraines, you know, so it obviously must have come from a level quite deep. Like how... How did you, whilst you're dealing with all this, find that courage and resolve to go, no, I'm going to step up, I'm going to find. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no. Um, It wasn't easy and it didn't, it wasn't every single day was, oh, yay, you know, kind of thing. Um, I remember after the first, uh, uh, that first car accident, um, I remember saying to my mom, this feels like my life's about to change in a big way. And I don't know how, and I don't know why, but it feels big. And um, I think that I just have a natural, just keep going uh, attitude. And mm-hmm. even though I was told that was stopping me, you, you don't really lose that. You can't just not keep going. Um, but there were days that were super hard and I was really lucky. Like I remember specifically being on the phone one day with my mom and I was just, I was suffering. Like I was having a really hard time, you know, like you, you you don't know what to do anymore because things just keep coming. And she said, you're the strongest person I know of. I know you can do this. And that was, that was huge. It's still in my head because it was so impactful you know, and, um, there were days actually, (laughs) so I left my job. I went on vacation, left my job, came back. And, uh, I shouldn't have said that I alternative medicine, because I I was doing some alternative stuff in, you know, massage therapy and chiropractor. And, um, I also went to a naturopath, um, because he had helped me with a previous concussion. And, uh, so I went and I was taking supplements from him and, I was supposed to have an appointment. I came back from vacation. I was supposed to have an appointment a week later. And the night before there was a message saying, I'm not feeling well. Uh, I have to cancel our appointment. I'll let you know when I'm feeling better. Two weeks later, he had passed away. And then, um, you know, so I was still seeing my other stuff and I saw my doctor and about two weeks after I saw my doctor, I needed another appointment and I phoned to make an appointment. Phone was disconnected. She had closed her practice suddenly because he had passed a cancer. She got cancer. And so it just, it kept going. <laughs> I was struggling to get out of bed some days. It was really hard. Um, Believable. I actually was uh, on the phone with my mom one day and there was an email that came in about a flight sale to Australia and I booked it for three months. I was like, well, I got no job. And I just went. And <laughs> I was like, I needed... I needed a circuit breaker. I needed something to get me out of where I was at, the life I was experiencing. I do not recommend that for that everybody. And change it. Yes. Um, I was also doing stuff like um, I had, I had always, my whole life I'd been told I wasn't creative. And so I never really did much in creative things, with creative things. But while I was just sitting there all the time, I wasn't working, I started writing. And, um, I just wrote, and so what I did, 
was I decided to, you know, go out and experience things, uh, you know, like go to a, a bakery and, and try. And then I would write about it and put it up on this website that I created. And so I was learning all these new things. And it was getting me out of the house to try new things. And it was getting me to put my energy into something new that I didn't know. And that right there is huge. Because when you can't get back to where you used to be, there is nothing but a lot of negativity going on in your brain. Yeah. And, and also from outside sources. Yes. And, but coming up with something new to do and learn, huge. It will change you because you have no expectations and you if you can't learn it all in one one sitting who cares it's new it'll take me three weeks to learn the simplest thing I don't care it's new because you have zero expectations it is awesome so between my circuit breaker trip and me <laughs> taking up writing um, that helped that it flipped me out of the downward spiral and, you know, things weren't perfect when I came back, but my, I wasn't spiraling anymore down. Uh, it gave me like re rejuvenate because, um, I mean, I was lucky. I knew so many people in Australia and New Zealand that when I went there, I think I, in three months, I spent two weeks by myself. <laughs> so I was seeing all these people I knew and spending time with them and they hadn't seen me for years. So they were excited to see me. And so being around people that were excited to see me, that was what I needed. You know, it was, they didn't have expectations of me. They didn't care that I couldn't do things. You know, all of these, it was all new. Um, we just hadn't seen each other. It was a catching up. So there yeah. was, it, it really made it so that I could come home and start working at coming back again and finding ways that worked for me. Um, like having connection, having connection yes, helped your healing, having connection Huge. with others, sharing your yeah. story, having connection. 100%. Yeah, help to fill your cup again. It did because you're alone when everything happens to you, you mm. know, and, you know, you might get some support from some people, but um, it's not – you're getting a lot of negativity from people who knew you before anything happened to you. So it's nonstop. Well, why can't you do this? Well, you should be able to do this. You know, simple things like I can't sit for a length of time um, and get up and move. I have to stop, just move my body, give my body a couple of minutes. And I've got yelled at for that before. We're going, why are you just standing there? And I'm like, this isn't new. Like this has been yeah. a couple of years, you know, like a couple of years or whatever. And it's like, but people have these ideas of the way things have always been or how you used to be. And it's hard for that to switch. So when I you're surrounded by there, it, I think it's a little bit also around, uh, we mentioned this before, around the invisible illness. Oh, yeah. When you have an invisible too. illness or an invisible um problem like you know like you're saying you have to wiggle a little bit to get your body to move or you have a migraine or whatever. you know these kind of invisible ones are the ones that I think are judged so harshly by the community 100 percent, because yeah. it, visually you look fine normal. you look fine yeah. right and so you don't have I had a, the concussion clinic said that to me it's not like you have a cast on your arm or leg that means you can't do something so people can't make that association of 
they're you're in pain you're in you're injured because nobody's not see measurable it. it's hard visually it's not there and it's yeah. not measurable and it's mm -hmm. only you the person experiencing it that can give any context to it or a level or something and then you're kind of relying on someone else to say i get that i get yes. that i get where you're at but a lot of people unless they've gone through it themselves they don't get it no i mean i myself was really bad to do that i used to be like oh come on you know and then boom happened to me and now i'm like oh you're i'm sorry you're dealing with that you know like my empathy and the way i word things now the way my understanding is a lot different now that i've gone through it because before again my just keep going attitude was like why don't you just keep going what's your problem you know kind it's of a, thing it's right a push through society it's yes. a society that requires you to push through yes and the body is not something that should be pushed it's not through it the can't body, heal if it's pushed it can't heal if it's pushed no. so you know and most of the time most of the time i'm not going to definitely say not for everybody we need to go through the an experience or a similar same experience to then have the empathy and understanding for someone else yes because of this push through get on with it you know don't be weak yeah so yeah it's it's yeah. interesting to hear how you how that changed for you your perspective changed because you went through it and now you have more empathy for people when you can't see what they're going through mm -hmm. have different lifestyle different experiences mm -hmm. different thoughts because if you don't get another perspective you can't understand somebody else and if you can't understand somebody else you've just closed your life bubble you know you can't um, understand when people are in pain. You can't understand when people are struggling. You can't understand what most people are going through if you only surround yourself with people that are exact same as you. Um, it's one of the things like um, for me, travel is a, is a huge thing. I love travel. I, I gain, get, I feel really good when I travel. Um, and part of it is learning about the other countries that I'm visiting and the, and the culture and the people. But the other side of it is, you know, you see perspectives that aren't yours. You see experiences that aren't yours. You see lifestyles. You see so much that's different than yours. It opens your mind. It opens your bubble. Travel's and you're, a beauty for you know, it, It's wonderful. It's it really is. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying everybody has to do it because it's not for everybody, but it is definitely something that works for me for that. But it's also why I love talking to, oh, I love talking to people and I love talking to random people. And I'll like, you know, in the coffee shop and I'll hear something. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I apologize for interrupting. But can I just mention this one thing? <laughs> you know, it's, it's so you're, one of those things. you're actually a serial interrupter, aren't you? Oh, I'm awful. I am. I'm absolutely awful. I know I am. I totally know I am. But uh, it's amazing how what one person gets offended when you say something and another person, I will get a message saying, you saved my life. You know, like I would never have known this was a thing or I would not have got gone to, you know, get this checked or, you know, just whatever, because. Because you've shared. I've shared. I've 100% shared. And I'll even say something like I'm recognizing in you something that I experienced, you know, like my downward spiral it now I'm like, 
oh, you know, I can hear if I'm talking to people, I can almost hear the sadness in them. And I'll be like, you know, just give them a little something, you know, like, again, my number one go-to advice is, have you tried learning something new? You know, have you tried doing something new? You know, it's, it's um, amazing how that can help. And it's small and it can get you the first step into maybe seeing somebody or talking to somebody or looking outside of what you think. Um, it's, it's, I, I have a lot of, you know, I've had people say, oh, the doctor doesn't care or this thing the doctor said doesn't work. And well, I guess this is how I have to live forever. And I've actually had a doctor say to me, well, that's how you have to live forever. And I was like, oh, no, it's not, <laughs> uh, you know, because I, I I like to tell people I'm going to live to be 107 and I'm going to be having a very active lifestyle. So yeah. I need to get things sorted out now. <laughs> <laughs> Love the attitude. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's. Um, if you don't talk to other people, things stay secret and you don't know it's a thing and you don't know that you, it doesn't have to be a thing. You don't know that you're not alone or, you know, you, you don't know that you're not, that's not nice to say you're not special, but sometimes we think that like, this is only happening to me. So you, you almost have that mentality of you're, you're special, but it's not in a good way. It's, this is only happening to me. This is, you know, something that all you know always happens to me and you start going into that negative aspect of it mm. but if you talk to people you realize you're not it's not just you yeah. and it's, it's not it is it's and every- and so many times like people think um only athletes get concussions not true more people are likely to get concussions in regular life than athletes do mm. or there's more people in regular life getting concussions than athletes so yeah. It's not, it's just something we don't recognize and doctors even aren't on, on top a lot of it. Not a lot of doctors understand concussions because one concussion for one person can be very different for another person. I've Mm -hmm. had, I'm in double digit uh, or is it nine or 10 now of diagnosed concussions and they're all different. They're not the same. Uh, You know, how I come back now I have all these you have a toolbox now, so it's a little bit better, you know, but um, it, it, how can you help somebody without recognizing that they're all different and what one, what helps one person isn't going to help the next person. Exactly. Um, it's the individual, you, you have this yes. individual whole person approach. Yes. That is something. Ah, that <laughs> that's the trick. It's the whole person. It's, it's the not whole just person approach. one person work on the, you know, work on the concussion or work on the lower back pain. It can't be have to go. No, it has to be the whole body, the holistic approach, the, the mentality, the physical, the emotional. It's amazing how much emotion we store in our bodies uh, because we most of us don't know how to process emotion. We store a huge amount. Like sometimes you know, you've had a bad day and the next day you get up in the morning, you feel you're all stiff. Yeah. And and you just like, and you just don't feel right. And most people go, oh, I just didn't sleep right or I didn't this. And they've put all these physical reasons why they're feeling like that. But they don't ever sort of think and attribute it to the fact that I was really emotionally upset and that Mm -hmm. emotion has had an impact on my body, you know. so you. Yeah, you can't, you can't separate it. You can't separate. No. 
Well, and because most of us, we don't understand how to process emotions. We think we do, mm. but we don't. We 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 stuff it down, and then we oh, will yeah. press we it, and it goes that. into your body. Yeah, yeah. I actually, um, so I was almost better from that that eighteen months, and I had been working at different things, and uh, I found out that uh, the emotions was I had worked the physical, I had worked the mind, I had worked so many different things. Once I start working on emotional, game changer. It was, you know, releasing, I, I did somatic um, experience and that releases emotion from your body. Yes. And, you know, my body started lightening and feeling better and was like, wow. And then I got into two more car accidents and again, the fear came back um, and I had a, an occupational therapist this time. And she was like, have you thought of going to a therapist again? And I was like, well, you know, I didn't really feel like it helped that much. And, and then she's like, well, okay. But you know, and I was like, okay, well, she's suggesting it. Maybe I can find somebody different. You know, I, I try not to, when I notice I'm shutting things down right away, I'm like, okay, whoa, why am I shutting this down? Why are you limiting? Why are you limiting? Why am I limiting myself? Yeah. Um, because I don't want to limit myself, you know, yeah. and then something could help. And so in a roundabout way, I ended up finding out there's such a thing as an emotion-based therapist. And then I found an emotion-based therapist. And so while we would talk, she would, you know, kind of talk a little bit about something and it would, you know, just ask some, a little bit deeper questions and boom, emotions were coming out. And then I'd feel like, huh, I feel a little bit better. You know, it's amazing how those emotions are stored in your body and you can feel better physically you feel lighter from crying yeah absolutely but not just absolutely. crying you have to actually dig some of that stuff out because <laughs> <laughs> you're really getting down to the root to the yes. root cause those really deep emotions you know yeah. like you know talk therapy is great and it's very mm -hmm. much needed very and, and you're talking but sometimes to resolve you have to go really deep and that's where those those energy therapists can really yes. tap in because they can just feel your body as well the energy yeah. of your body and yeah. i mean i've had therapies like that done and i have walked out and i have i felt like i was walking on a cloud and you're yeah. just emptying your cup you're emptying your mm -hmm. cup yeah so when something else happens your cup isn't full and it's all dribbling down the side and you know that's your life just dribbling out of the cup you know you well, yeah yeah you know, you've given that space. you say that exactly. Um, I actually had uh, with that 18 months and, and it was it took me a long time to get better. It took me several years. And um, I, I saw a psychiatrist and she said that I had had so much trauma in a short period of time. It overflowed my cup and brought out stuff that was oh. repressed. Mm. You don't want to do that. Don't 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 have that stuff come up. You know, so if you like. Yes, I like somatic experience because it doesn't re-traumatize you. You don't have the thoughts. It yes. just, the emotion comes out. And yes, you're going to cry, but you don't have the, the the thoughts about what that traumatic experience was. I mean, I've done uh, hypnotherapy and while it is good, and it, but when you're trying to dig down, uh, those those thoughts coming back is very traumatic. So you're re-traumatizing is how yes. I felt. Yes. And, it was a lot. I mean, I've had energy work done also. Um, and sometimes it wasn't energy was one thing. Um, and then the emotion is another. And mm. so there, there's the different levels, the different layers. Yes. Our, you know, it's, it's one of the 
I think I saw something that said um, physical, mental, emotional, your soul and your energy. I think it was, or energy and I forget what the fifth one was, maybe soul, maybe not, but that's the thing. Cause you have, you know, so many different pieces and we don't recognize them. And um, it's not part of, you know, modern medicine to yeah. recognize everything. And um, I honestly don't think I would have got better the way I did if I did not take a holistic approach, because I tried just looking after peace, you know, the, the head, the, the body, and I wasn't getting better. Mm. You know, it was, it was holding, I was still struggling. I was still in pain. I was still having a lot of issues. Um, I'm very lucky because I have a physiotherapist who does somatic experience she does cranial sacral, which if you've ever had concussions is like the greatest yeah. thing ever. Greatest thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so she, she's always learning new mo modalities. And so I'm really lucky. I have like a one-stop shop in her um, mm -hmm. that I can do a lot of things, but um, yeah, you, you can't, I shouldn't say you can't because some people can, they, you know, maybe they had a different life and they release things better than I have. And, you know, so they could just work on the one little piece and get better, but not everybody's like that. And it wasn't like that. That's rare, I think, I think that's quite rare. Yeah. I don't feel that, that healing has really one answer. It's usually multi-dimensional, yes. you know, it's like a multi-dimensional approach. So mm -hmm. you can have the, you can, definitely use traditional medical and have all your tests and have yeah. all your get all your 100%. medical results all of that sort yeah. of thing and then you can go to someone else and then you can go to someone else and it's that whole approach um yes. i when i was first started on this journey um especially for my son i would read so much on the internet this is like 20 odd years ago I'll read so much on the internet and i'll go wow that helped that helped that person and they did the one thing i always yeah. tried that one thing and nothing why why not better yeah, yeah why not better because mm -hmm. it's rare and that this is my opinion i feel yes. it's rare that one thing can get you to where you need to be it's you well, it's also combination Exactly. And it's also well, that one thing might have worked for that person, but it might not work for another person. Exactly. Because we're all different. Very. I mean, one thing that a lot of people, when they have concussions, they will get on medication. I don't. That mm. is a choice I make because I have been on medication before and it never helped me. Right. So it's, um, I was lucky I had a naturopath and he put me on supplements and different things that helped me. And then I had like the physical with the cranial sacral. So I've been really lucky to find things that help me in a different way outside the box. And so that's the thing, like you, you've got to look what you've got to hear what helps somebody else, but you, you know, and listen to what, you know, the medical professionals say, and you got to say, is this working for you? If it's not, try something else, you know, that's, like that's don't just to stick with something you. that's not working. That's what I love. That's what I love about your story. Your story is because a lot of people, they've come from the medical, they're not happy, they don't want to be on pharmaceuticals. It's been too much of an individual, um, uh, compartmentalized approach. Mm, and yeah. they go, okay, I'm going to go and try something different. I'm going to go and delve into the alternative or the functional, integrative, whatever it is. 
They do one thing and it doesn't work. And so they go, okay, this is not for me. It doesn't work. Yeah. But you have to be consistent and persistent. And yeah. even if you do find something that works, it's not immediate. You can't no. have something that either requires a lot of healing or you've had it for like 20 years and you expect to just swap a pharmaceutical for a supplement and think, oh, this is going to work for me instantly. You need to act yeah. like you did. You changed your perspective. You changed the way you saw and thought about things. You went and uh, what I gather, one of the most healing things for you was changing your perspective, sharing and connecting with people. So that whole mm -hmm. emotional side, you know, really yeah. helped propel you, move the needle of where you needed to be and go. Well, I think. I think too, like one day I was like, is this seriously how I'm going to spend the rest of my life? Mm. Like, is this all that my life is going to be now? Mm. And I didn't like that. No. I was like, I can't, I can't live, you know, 10 more years like this, even, you know, I can't live like this. Mm. And so it's, it's not easy to go outside the box. It's not easy to try a whole lot of different things. It's not easy to change lifestyle it's not easy to make these hard it seems like it could be easy and then you try and do it and you're like oh this is not easy this is a lot of I, but I just want to do what I did before I just want to eat like I ate before I just want to you know not I just want to sit on the couch like I sat down on the couch <laughs> before you know like it's it's not easy but the you have to find what's important to you mm -hmm. is it more important to not do it and stay the same or is it more important to you to make these lifestyle changes to make this change of mindset to change your life yeah you know and, and possibly you know if you're lucky find what works for you to heal you um or if that's even a possibility i do know some people that were you know whatever is the normal thing to do they didn't they went outside the box and something they were told they were going to have to live with they almost cleared it up not necessarily cleared it up but you know they they changed their lifestyle to the point where it's not a thing for them as much anymore you know there it's not hindering them anymore um it, it really comes down to what is important and how do you want to live your life um, yeah i believe it's also you know are you prepared to back yourself yeah are you prepared is your self-worth is your self-esteem enough to believe that you're worth backing yourself because you only get what you think you deserve that's exactly right yeah. so if you feel you deserve more well then you must find you have to dig deep like you have you have to dig deep find that courage to keep going and try something new because for a lot of people i don't well i certainly don't think that a live with a prognosis is good enough. You know, there's always something you can do. Yeah. Regardless of the outcome, but at least mm -hmm. you did it. At least you've backed yourself. At least you've believed in yourself and you've gone and found something else. That is the important thing because you never know what is out there that could actually change your life. 
Ah, uh, that is the thing, right? You have mm. no idea have what is no out idea. there that can change your life. I love that. That is so true. And if you don't, if you aren't willing to learn, if you aren't willing to try, you're never going to find out if there is something that can change your life. That's right. Um, That's right. It, it's amazing. Like I, um, I've been told, I mean, with the, that first 18 months and the injuries and the concussions and stuff, and I actually was told by medical professionals, well, you're not better now. So you're not going to get better. This is where you're going to stay. I got better. And I was almost back to where I was before, before the, you know, other accidents happened. But, um, and that's the thing is you can't always, they don't, they, they're just going with what they know. They don't know all these other things. That's so true. they're just going to say, well, according to all of this stuff that I know, you're not going to get better. So, exactly. yeah. And they have to no. be careful. They can't <laughs> say things that they don't feel or believe will happen so you have that limitation it's up to you to recognize it the unfortunate thing with a lot of those statements is for someone who is feeling down or doesn't feel like they're backing themselves they actually yeah. remove hope it does it removes hope that you could ever be back to the life that you had it does i think that's what most people want most people want that they want to be back where they were or at least similar to where they were yes i i've had people ask me that because you know I, I still get treatments now since the last accidents and and i get asked what's your goal i'm like to get my life back i want to be able to go and experience things again and what better goal, yes. better goal than that better goal than that <laughs> you know, I, th I think I think on the paperwork it's like stand and do dishes. I'm like, are you kidding me? No, that's not a goal for me. <laughs> stand, what did you, stand and do dishes. Stand at the sink to Hell do your no. dishes. So, no, <laughs> that's not my goal. That's not a goal. For... <laughs> I mean, that's a basic necessity of life. That's not a goal. <laughs> that's almost on the level of misery. That's not a goal. Exactly. <laughs> I don't like dangerous. It is a misery. <laughs> <laughs> really? Terrific. Yeah. It has been so lovely speaking to you and hearing your story of courage and, and persistence and the fact that you believe in yourself. It's been such an inspiration. And I've been so blessed to hear your story and what you did and all the all the listeners as well. Well, thank you so and much for giving me the space to share. I appreciate yeah, it. Well, well, I think you're actually going to inspire a lot of people to actually so. go, you know what, I can do this. You mm. know, I'm worth this. You everybody's know? worth it. Yeah. Everybody's worth it. Everybody's so worth it. It has been and such it. a pleasure speaking thank to you it. today. And I enjoyed it. <laughs> great. And if anybody wants to hear more or get in contact with Teresa, on how to write and journal all her details will be in the show notes it's been an absolute pleasure yes thank you so much thank you i would love to know what was the biggest insight or aha moment you got from this interview so you can now speak up take action and make informed decisions for your health and if you like this episode, get instant access to your free ebook, Alternative Wisdom Taking Back Control of Your Health, at life 
www.onus.com.